Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. I have to really refocus on Yom Kippur for me because I think that many of you who listen to me on a regular basis know that I really like to have fun. I like to laugh a lot. I like to, you know, crack jokes. Some of them occasionally are decent. <laughs> a lot of them are dad jokes, you know, and so I'm so sorry for that. Uh, and so it's, it's challenging though because on Yom Kippur, it's just a different tone. It really is. And it's, it's a more... Uh, and, and that's okay, you know, uh, there, there are seasons for everything we read in Ecclesiastes. And, and Yom Kippur, although we have great joy because of our salvation, nonetheless, it's a real time for introspection. We're going to be talking about that today. We're going to dig really deep. Oh, boy, we're going we're gonna to go there here today. Okay, Genesis chapter 19, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. <laughs> okay, that was a bad dad joke there. We're talking about Lot and his family. They were in Sodom, of course, and Sodom was about to get judged. You know the whole story when, when uh, the angels, or uh, if it was a theophany, uh, came to Abraham and, uh, and, and said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. You know the whole uh, story there uh, and the negotiation that took place. But Sodom was about to be judged and destroyed. And the angels then came to Lot and they, they told Lot, and we read in verse 17 what happened, the angels there. When they brought them outside, one said, flee for your life. The angels said to Lot and his family, flee for your life. Do not look behind you, and do not stop anywhere in the surrounding area. Escape to the hills, or else you'll be swept away. Wow, Bruce, that's intense message given to Lot and his family, get out of here. Get going now. Do not look back. Get going up into the hills, otherwise you'll be swept away because judgment was coming upon Sodom. Whew. Boy, that's intense. You know, please God, you know, I, I think about how much longer does our world have before God says this? Have you, you know, you, you think about that. And, and God is incredibly merciful, but God is also the judge. And what happened here? What happened? We know, we'll skip ahead a little bit to the story, verse 23. And it says, the moment the sun arose upon the land, Lot entered Zoar. That was a neighboring community as his family had, had ventured to escape. And Adonai rained sulfur and fire upon Sodom and Gomorrah. 
from Adonai out of the sky. Ooh, wow. So he demolished these cities and the whole surrounding area, all the inhabitants of the cities and the vegetation of the ground. 26. But his being Lot, Lot's wife looked behind him and she turned into a pillar of salt. Man. Well, Lot's wife did exactly what the angel said not to do. Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. It's not good. <laughs> As a side note, Sodom is by the present day Dead Sea, the saltiest body of water in the world. No coincidence there, but Lot's wife looked back. She looked back. But how does this story comport with this holy day that we're on right now, Yom Kippur? How does this story connect and how does it jive with it? I want to go somewhere very deeply today. On Yom Kippur, we're supposed to look back at our lives, right? I mean, yes, that's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to look back at our lives, at, our, at the last year. But how does this work if, if, if Lot's wife looked back and was punished for it? How, how does that, where, where's the dissonance? How's that dissonance resolved in that question? I want to talk some today about grief and regret. About grief and regret. Now, we know the word grief primarily from people who've suffered the loss of a loved one. That's the most, by far and away the most common usage of the word today when you say someone's in grief, someone's grieving. The most common usage of that word is, is, is when somebody loses somebody very dear to them and they're grieving. They miss them. It hurts. And this is grief. Rebetzin Candace Hyslip spoke at Bethel a few months ago about the benefits of grieving, which is the opposite of trauma, and it can be very healing to grieve. But there is also another dimension of grief that can be very healing. It's related, but it's different. If you look for a definition, even definition.com, defines grief as, in part, keen mental suffering or distress over affliction or loss, sharp sorrow, painful regret. Painful regret. Hmm. So grieving can also mean mental distress with painful regret. I want to, with that in mind, and that's really key and important to understand as we examine these scriptures, I want to go now to a key portion of text that includes Rabbi Shaul, Paul the Shaliach, as he speaks to the congregation in Corinth. And you have to understand to, to kind of set the context here in understanding it, 
is that his previous letter, Paul's previous letter to the, to the congregation in Corinth was in part a rebuke toward them for tolerating sin. He gave it to them, man. And in, in a previous letter, man, he just gave it to the congregation in Corinth for tolerating sin. He got on them pretty bad. But something happened because of this. So I want to dig deeply into this as I think it really very much relates to Yom Kippur. So let's take a look. 2 Corinthians, please, chapter 7. That's where we'll be for, a little, for most of the message today. Here's what Rabbi Shaul told the Corinthian congregation regarding this whole thing in his previous letter and then how that affected them when he really rebuked them for tolerating sin. Wow, there's great insight for us on Yom Kippur because of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8. Paul writes to the Corinthian congregation something very interesting. He says, For even if I grieved you with my letter, I do not regret it. Though... I did regret it, for I see that my letter grieved you, but just for a while. Okay, so let's, let's unpack this some here. So Paul is telling the congregation, this congregation in Corinth, he's, 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 he's sharing with them that his previous letter and rebuke grieved the Corinthian congregation. It grieved them. It caused keen mental distress with painful regret. And initially, Paul tells us that he himself regretted sending the letter when he saw how much his letter hurt them. And, and initially, he was like, oh, boy, man, ooh, boy, maybe I shouldn't have sent that letter. They are really messed up by this. And he had some initial regret, but now he says he does not regret sending them this call to moral accountability. It was a, it was a, a clarion call that they needed to get their moral and spiritual act together because they were tolerating a lot of stuff that did not belong now, why did he kind of change his mind about how he felt about his first letter, which was this strong rebuke? Well, he says in the next verse, verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9, now, he, Paul says, I rejoice. Now, why is he rejoicing? Uh, not that you were grieved, but that you were grieved to the point of repentance. For you were grieved according to God's will so that you might in no way suffer loss from us. Oh, okay. So Rabbi Shaul now is saying that he is now rejoicing. Now, he's not happy because they were grieved with this painful regret. That's not why he's happy. But he is happy that this grief, this painful regret, this mental distress led 
to their repenting. He's happy about this. Do you understand? So even as painful as it was to them, and man, it it's sure sounds like it was very painful, he was happy because there was something wonderful that came out of the sorrow, the grief of it, the regret of it. I remember Robinson Candace said that grief is holy work, and indeed it is. And Rabbi Shoal continues in verse 10. What does he say? For the grief that God wills, mm, this is profound, y'all. It relates to Yom Kippur. For the grief that God wills brings a repentance that leads to salvation, leaving no regret. But the world's grief brings death. Wow. Profoundly deep. Wait for it. Rabbi Shaul is teaching us here that if we have deep grief over our sins, deep grief over our sins, that's painful regret. If we have painful regret over our sins, it leads to salvation, which leaves no regret. Wow, did you catch that? If we sincerely look back on this Yom Kippur and deeply regret our sins, it will lead to a repentance that leads to salvation. And my friends, if we do this, we will not regret it. So in other words, the healing for our sins is available to us. The healing for your sins, all these things that you can think of here on Yom Kippur, we, we read the Alchet, right? All these things, and, 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 and whereas most of them, hopefully, you were like, wow, well, boy, maybe not this year, not this year. But then, inevitably, perhaps there was one of these that you were like, ooh, maybe a little. <laughs> ooh, maybe that one. Ooh, maybe that one. I hope so. But because we need to sincerely grieve over our sins. This is what Yom Kippur in part is about to sincerely look back with painful regret at times. I'm going to tell you that's not a particularly popular message. That's not something that you hear taught on the TV with the TV clergy right? Talking, you know, you don't hear them talk about that. You hear about them talking, oh, it's all great, and, and, and things are just wonderful, and, and it's only mountaintop to mountaintop, and just, uh, you know, send in your, your check, and, and you'll receive a special cloth from me or something. <laughs> you don't hear them talking about what the Scriptures really also teach us about the fact that 
there needs to be at times a grieving over our sins. A painful regret over what it is that we've done that doesn't honor God. It's visceral. Paul knew that it hurt the congregation to face up to their sin. He didn't like that it hurt. But as painful as it was, it led to life. It led to life because when they took responsibility for it and repented for it, it led to salvation and forgiveness. And now we rejoice, he says. He says, I rejoice because of the freedom that it brings He's rejoicing. Wow, this is very deep here. It's not that we don't regret the sin. We do and we should. It should hurt us that we did it. It's that we are happy that we took responsibility for it and repented for it. Because within this is the only answer for freedom from the penalty of the sin. And it's interesting here because he talks about what godly grief brings. But notice here that Shaul also says that the world's grief brings death. It's so interesting, the contrast. Beloved, when Lot's wife looked back, it wasn't out of grieving what they had done being a part of Sodom. No. Lot's wife was grieving her old life. Lot's wife was pained by the loss of her old life. But that was a sinful, worldly grief, which leads to death. See, there's a real godly grief, but there's a real difference between a godly grief and a worldly grief or regret. There are a number of other examples in Scripture of this worldly grief, this worldly grief which leads to death. In addition to Lot's wife, you have people like Melech Shaul, King Saul, with this worldly grief. Even people like Judas, who demonstrated some worldly grief. And then Rabbi Shaul continues, and he talks about what good fruit is brought forth with this godly grief, this godly regret. He talks more about if you're going to truly regret and grieve in a godly way, which leads to repentance, which leads to salvation, which leads to rejoicing, here's a lot of the good stuff that's gonna come because of it. Verse 11, for we see what this very thing 
this grieving that God wills has brought you. What diligence, what defense, what indignation, what fear of the Lord, what longing, what zeal, what rendering of justice. In everything, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. Wow. Man, he, he's just like, as, the, as my kids would say, he was popping off with these things, man. Godly grieving is hugely beneficial. He was encouraging them, y'all. He was encouraging them. He was saying, wow, yes, you had this godly grief, this painful regret over that which you had done and allowed that I held you accountable to and rebuked you for. But because you have done this, what fruits, what amazing fruit has come because of it. This repentance that leads to salvation, it's, it brings so much good stuff. He starts listing things. Man, you can just tell when he's writing, he's just continues like, well, this, that, this, that, all these good things happen out of this painful regret. So very interesting and powerful. Good things happen. Good things happen when we regret bad things we've done. It's a pattern we see over and over and over and over in the scriptures. Good things happen when we have that painful regret of bad things that we've done. This totally relates to Yom Kippur, y'all. Psalm chapter 51, just a, a perfect example of this. It's so interesting because as I was seeking the Lord for this message, and it was like, wow, there's so many examples in Scripture of this, of this principle. And, and, and immediately just came into my head Psalm 51 and King David. And I kind of resisted it at first. I thought, well, you know, listen, there's so many examples that one's kind of obvious. Let me pick a different one. And I, I, and I found some, and I was like, no, that's the one. Okay, Lord, yes, yeah, Psalm 51. Few knew God's heart more than King David. We all know this. King David, I mean, legend. But King David sinned mightily before the Lord. Wow, he sinned bad. He sinned worse than anybody here. The great and mighty King David. However, his repentance is one of the most beautiful things that we read in the scripture. And it totally illustrates, it illustrates Rabbi Shaul's point as well with crystal clarity. Listen to his prayer. We'll read a couple segments of it from Psalm 51. He's talking to the Lord and he's talking specifically about his sins, that which he's done against the will of God, that which he's blown, he's messed up. Does he have painful regret? Is he grieving over his sins? Well, you be the judge. Verse five, David says this to God. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Friends, King David clearly 
had regret for his sin. He was grieving over his sin. By the way, King David owned it. He took responsibility for it. He didn't shuck the blame. He didn't make excuses. He didn't blame somebody else. He didn't say, well, all was just had the way you took it. It wasn't the way I intended it. Or he didn't say, well, hold on. It depends on what the meaning of the word is, is. No, my friends, he owned it. See, friends, that's what we need to do. This is Yom Kippur. We can't be an attorney with God. We need to have a humble heart before God. Y'all, this is Yom Kippur. Don't try to play a game with God. Own what you've done that is displeasing to God. He was painfully regretting it. He was grieving over it, verse 12. And then he says to God, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence. Take not your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Woo. Friends, out of this regret... Out of this painful regret, David asks for a clean heart, a steadfast spirit, and joy. Joy. Wow. Hear me on this, Shema. Out of this heartfelt painful regrets comes even joy. And you know, that doesn't make logical sense. But it is a biblical spiritual principle. Do you hear this on Yom Kippur? This is part of the fruit of repentance. But honestly, all too often, we're too proud to grieve over our sins. A little bit too proud to painfully regret our sins. But this is one of the most important purposes of Yom Kippur. We recite the Ashamnu. We recite the Alchet. When we confess. But honestly, friends, it can't be merely a rite or a show. Sadly, there are millions of my Jewish brothers or sisters today on Yom Kippur, and what are they doing? They're here on Yom Kippur, they're, they're at their synagogue on Yom Kippur because they feel like they're supposed to be, it may be the one service they come to in a year, they feel like they come to it a little bit out of obligation, perhaps they even beat their chest, but it's, but it's insincere, there's a lot of insincerity, insincerity, 
It can't just be a rite or a tradition or something rote. It can't be a checkbox. Yom Kippur is not a checkbox. It's Yom Kippur. You would be remiss, my friends, if you didn't sincerely search your heart to see what does not belong. It's part of the purpose of this day. And then, when you realize what's in your heart that shouldn't be there, or what's not there that should be there, after you recognize it, for you then to sincerely, deeply, sometimes painfully, regret it. Not some simple regret, but to grieve over it with a godly grief. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. A recognition of the pain that it causes when we do things not as God desires. We've lost that. We've certainly lost that in this country. We've lost that painful regret. Because if we truly have this godly grief, this painful regret... If we truly have this godly grief, this painful regret, then we will never regret it. We will never be upset that it upset us. Why? Because the repentance leads to salvation. Friends, it's like the secret combination needed to unlock something. It's like a secret spiritual combination on the safe that if you know the combination, it unlocks something absolutely amazing. It is a biblical spiritual principle that if you really get, wow, it's powerful because here's the truth. Most people... Most people rarely have godly grief over their sins. And, and furthermore, many believers have not grieved over their sins and asked for forgiveness in such a way that it's led to true healing. And what does that lead to? Well, that leads to, ironically, too many people carrying around regret all the time. They, they, they carry around almost a shame upon themselves. But, but, but true godly repentance and grief brings freedom. It brings freedom. So I really believe that there are two people who are here today and who are watching today online. Two types of people. First are people who tend to regret very little. Yom Kippur is that checkbox. It's about doing this or that prayer in the maksur. What, what a shallow Yom Kippur it is to merely Check the box, read prayers in the maksur that you don't even understand, and merely to check the box. Okay, I did my penance, I did my shtick on Yom Kippur. This prayer, hold on, no, it's page 416, not 418. Okay, well then let's go to that prayer. And, and, and that's, that's the extent of your Yom Kippur? Are you serious? That's the depth of it? 
the idea of grieving over your sins seems foreign to you. It's, it's, it's not even in your lexicon to, to, to consider grieving over your sin. It, you've never done that. I mean, yeah, maybe you say, oh, God, forgive me after you do what you want to do. And it's like, okay, well, I ask for God's forgiveness. I'm going to move on, and that's that. Where's, where's that grief? Where's the painful regret? Because that's what, what brings true salvation and joy. We see in 2 Corinthians that there's a great danger in this. If you're not sensitive to the correction of the Ruach, then you will not achieve true victory. You will plow on your own path that leads to destruction. You, you will, you will <clears throat> as Frank Sinatra said, you will do it my way. Oh boy, I tell you what, Frank has breathed his last on this earth. I, in the end, I hope he did it God's way. <laughs> Oh, man, otherwise he's in trouble. If that is you, beloved, consider grieving over your sins. Consider that painful regret. This is very much what Yom Kippur is supposed to be all about. Keen mental distress with painful regret. See, this can only come about if you see how your actions have, ooh, this is get ready, this is gonna, this is gonna, you can really only have this true painful regret, this grieving over your sins, if you see how your actions have, in your own way, created the necessity from the Messiah to die on a tree of sacrifice for you. It's just so easy to say, God, forgive me, and move along. But when we realize that that which we did or did not do is directly attributable and and causal for Yeshua having to, to suffer what he suffered on the tree of sacrifice. I talked about it last night. The wages of sin is death. If we understand that that which we did, that sin, whatever that sin was, put him on that tree. Beloved, it it ought to change our perspective on these sins. If we think about it in that context, sincerely and truly, It should allow us easier to have painful regret, sincere, godly grief over our sins. In doing so, we'd be more conformed to the image of Yeshua. 
to see how what you've done or not done has been grievous, even if the sin seems small, a few lies, pride, selfishness, greed, misplaced priorities. If you sincerely regret these things in your life, then repent for them today. Repent for them today. It's Yom Kippur. Because, my friends, as you repent, God will set you free. And if there is fruit born out of this repentance, you will never regret your regret. The other person that might be here is one who knows your sins well. Perhaps you felt overwhelming shame. You feel as though God can't fully love you, fully forgive you, or that you can't do much for him or be very successful because of what it is that you did. Lovingly, I tell you, brother, sister, that too is worldly grief. It doesn't help. If you truly regret what you've done and repented before the living God, then accept and receive God's salvation, his forgiveness. I'm going to say something here. Get ready. This, is, this is, may hurt. Because not doing so is saying that Yeshua's sacrifice is not sufficient for your sin. If you accept the forgiveness, you will never regret your regret. Because in the end, it will lead to joy. And so, in conclusion, I regret to inform you that this is the end of the message. (laughs) But I'd leave you with the only way, the only way to have no regrets is to sincerely regret. The title of my message is Regret. Let's bow our heads. Abba, Father, I humbly come before you. And I want to ask first, if there's anybody who's here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, if you are here and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your atonement, as your sacrifice, as your Messiah, but you'd like to today, just raise and wave your hand. We'll have a simple prayer. Is there anyone who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart? It's Yom Kippur. What could be better? If that's you, just wave your hand at me. If that's you and you want to change your life, 
God bless you. Or maybe you're watching online also. And, and if you've never said that prayer before to receive Yeshua into your heart, repeat this prayer after me and God will touch you. And that atonement that we talked about last night will come upon you. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I accept Yeshua into my heart as my Kippur, as my atonement. Please forgive me of my sins, oh God. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name. Do you see even in that prayer how true regret leads to salvation and joy? True repentance leads to salvation and joy. If you said that prayer for the first time, please see me after the service if you're here. And please send us an email if you're watching online. And for the rest of us, I want you to consider, we're going to take the, Geert's just going to play on the guitar for just a second. We're just going to take just a minute. And I want you to open your heart and you ask the Lord, Lord, is there something in my life that should not be there? Or is there something that's not there that should be there? Have I not done something that I know I should be doing? Or should I not do something that I know I should not be doing? If there's something in your life, I want you to think about it. Allow the Lord to speak to you. It's a, it's a moment of introspection. I don't want you to say it out loud. It doesn't matter if I know. All that matters is that God knows. And between you and God, He already knows. What's all important is that you confess, but not just confess it to Him, but to understand what that sin does and to have true godly grief over that sin because godly grief leads to salvation. Godly grief leads to joy because as you get that out of you, there's a cleansing, there's a freshness, there's a restoration like King David said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Oh, he understands that joy comes when there is the healing of forgiveness, which comes about when there is sincere, godly grieving over sin. So take a moment, really think about this. Don't just check a box. It's, it's Yom Kippur, y'all. And then we'll close our service in just a moment. So let's take just a minute between you and God, silently.
you couldn't think of anything, I'll give you one. It's pride. Lord, turn to us as we turn to you. Renew our days as of old. Touch us, Lord. We need your touch, Lord. Thank you for your atonement. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Yeshua, on that tree, Lord, taking the place of that animal sacrifice, Lord, which takes our place, really, for taking our place. Thank you for the forgiveness, God. And we don't live in a, in a state of condemnation. We live in a state of rejoicing in salvation. Just like Rabbi Shaul said, now I rejoice. Not because of the grief itself, but, but because of what the grief produced. What that regret produced, it produced forgiveness, repentance, and salvation. Yeah, that's deep. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, God. Thank you for the joy of your salvation. Lord, let us continue to be introspective here the rest of this Yom Kippur as we transition, Lord, soon into the Yitzker service, into afternoon praise, prayer, and worship, and reading of your word, and then finally the Ne'ilah service. Lord, let the rest of this day be a day where we are thanking and where we are, when we are looking to you. Thank you, Lord, for all these things. We bless you. Hashem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, nine, nine.